Hi, everyone. This is Corey Hyman, host of the Make It and Sell It podcast. This is a show about entrepreneurs who develop new products and then produce, sell, and distribute these products themselves. This field is wide open and can be a fantastic opportunity for anyone who has the passion, skills, and persistence to succeed. Why do people do it? How do they do it? What can we learn from their experiences? Stay tuned to find out if this career path may be right for you. Thanks for joining us today for our first episode. The purpose of this podcast is to explore a particular type of entrepreneurship, one in which the entrepreneur is involved in every aspect of a business, from developing product ideas, to creating prototypes, to producing the products from home or close to home, and then marketing, selling, and distributing on a small scale. Now, this doesn't mean that new businesses have to stay small. They can, of course, grow large and beyond our wildest dreams. They can grow out of our homes into commercial production facilities and further. We will learn about and celebrate some of these successes, too. Nevertheless, there is something special about home-based businesses and their initial growth and development, and this will be the primary focus of this podcast series. Starting a small, home-based production business is a path to income and wealth that is open to anyone. It can be low-cost to enter, low-risk to pursue, and it can be done in tandem with jobs and other life events. But that doesn't mean that it's easy. It is not a get-rich-quick scheme. It does require a particular orientation for success, one that we call PSP, or Passion, Skills, and Perseverance. This podcast is designed to explore this field, be a space for home-based entrepreneurs who have started down this path to learn from one another, but also to inspire new entrepreneurs. Even though this is our first episode, the ideas behind it have been brewing for 30 years, so it is really exciting to get it off the ground. The format for this episode is different from future episodes. It is meant to explain why we are doing this and what we hope to achieve. I will then discuss the format of future episodes and give a sneak peek about the subjects of the next few episodes. So to begin, why are we doing this? The seeds of this podcast and the larger enterprise began 30 years ago to the month, actually in September of 1990. I was a college student and spending a year abroad as an exchange student in Delhi, India. I'd chosen India because I was a student of Mahatma Gandhi, mesmerized by his vision, approach to life, and bravery, and I wanted to learn everything I could about him. Soon after completing a six-week language course in the Himalayan foothills, my group returned to Delhi for school. I immediately found and went to the Gandhi Memorial, Rajkat, by the banks of the Yamuna River, which quickly became my favorite place in the world. I would often go there early in the morning to watch the sunrise and hear the flocks of shrieking birds, just to take it all in. Across the street from the memorial was the Gandhi Museum and a center called the Gandhi Darshan, which was a center dedicated to Gandhi's ideals. Part of this was a vision of basic education rooted in what Gandhi called the constructive program. For Gandhi, education wasn't theoretical or academic, it was practical. The goal was to learn skills and become citizens. He believed that people, and Indians at the time of the independence movement in particular, should help themselves and become self-reliant, and so he introduced the spinning wheel into the curriculum. He believed that all students and teachers should spin cotton every day, in part to generate income for the schools, an idea that would probably be controversial today, but also to make education relevant. Teachers could build math lessons, composition lessons, history and culture around the spinning wheel, which could become a practical, tactical part of everyone's lives. From this idea came the cottage industries movement in India, 
which sparked a wide range of home-based businesses. So, one of the major activities of the Gandhi Darshan was to bring groups of rural women to Delhi for short periods of time and train them in a variety of small-scale manufacturing activities. It just so happened, too, that around this time, in September 1990, students at my university and around Delhi and elsewhere in the country began an anti-affirmative action protest that escalated to the point that it included bloody battles with police. More than 200 students in Delhi set themselves on fire in protest, shutting down my university and other universities for an extended period of time. I spent my new, unexpectedly free time at the Gandhi Darshan, working with the director there and participating in a number of training classes. It was a powerful experience for me because it showed the possibility of small-scale entrepreneurship to improve life chances. It was a lot of fun to see women grow in their own skills development, but also in their confidence and their belief that they can generate an income for themselves, their families, and their communities. My career has gone in a variety of directions since then, but the power of that experience has remained very close to my heart. Now, after having worked in government, international education, and most recently as a restaurant owner, my work seems to be coming full circle. This has been accelerated by the fact that the world has changed so incredibly in the last six months. Now, as I record this, in a world fundamentally shaped by the worldwide pandemic, the coronavirus has overwhelmed every other aspect of life, and it has had many consequences. One is that all of us are spending much more time at home. Another is that job security has become infinitely more fragile. As my two restaurants have struggled, and I've tried to figure out other income streams, side hustles, I very quickly came back to the idea of home-based production as a fun and potentially viable way forward. I've come up with nearly a dozen food, personal care, and novelty product ideas that I think have real potential. It has also been fun to think about all aspects of such a business, from developing and honing products to be the best they can be, to thinking about pricing, sourcing raw ingredients, organizing my home for production, packaging, sales, and distribution. The idea of home-based production, of course, is not unique. Humans have been producing goods for barter or for sale for millennia. Many economies around the world are still organized this way. A few years ago, I worked on a project in Morocco and learned that 60% of women in the country still work as artisans. At the same time, we are also learning to produce and sell in amazing new ways. In 2019, for example, 2.5 million people sold products through the online platform Etsy.com. This was a 19% increase from the previous year, an incredible growth trajectory. So there seems to be a lot of potential here. As someone who does a lot of research before jumping into a new situation, I have watched hours of YouTube videos and listened to hours of podcasts to learn about how best to turn my product ideas into a viable business. I've cobbled together information from many sources. However, what I haven't found yet is a single source for home-based entrepreneurs that brings all of this information together in one place. This podcast is an attempt to fill that gap. The goal is to explore big questions such as, is it a good idea to turn my hobby into a business? How do I come up with a practical product idea? How do I find customers? What is the difference between selling locally and online? How do I know when I've outgrown my home and need to consider a commercial production space? How do entrepreneurs deal with the roller coaster of emotions associated with this kind of work? It will also deal with nuts and bolts questions such as, what kind of investment does one need to make up front? Do I need to be licensed to do this? How do I price products? How do I collect payment? 
The primary format of future episodes will be interviews with people involved in home-based craft work. Who are they? What have been their experiences? What do they recommend to others? This will include people from a variety of fields who are at different stages of their business development. It will also include perspectives of customers such as store owners, restaurant managers, and product brokers who may be looking for outside products to sell in their stores, as well as government officials, trade group representatives, and chambers of commerce representatives, all of whom have the power to support home-based entrepreneurs and have great perspectives about how we might be able to do a better job with our businesses. Last, we want to listen to you and learn about what questions and topics you would like us to cover. In terms of episodes, I'm excited to announce our lineup of our first three interviews. First will be an interview with Amanda Farnham, who started her own paint-by-numbers business and was featured recently in the Washington Post. Amanda's products in no way resemble the kids' paint-by-numbers products of our childhood. They are beautiful, creative, and intricately complex. Next will be an interview with Matt Asen, an early-stage entrepreneur who is baking and preparing to sell incredible artisan sourdough bread in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Third will be Maria Victoria Cheka, an abstract painter who has pursued her art relatively recently, but has already been featured in juried competitions and has been making some of her acrylic and oil pieces available for sale. This is just a taste of the treats to come. The initial plan is to release weekly podcasts, that dig more deeply into the topics that we just touched on today. We have just scratched the surface. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Make It and Sell It podcast with Corey Hyman. Please subscribe, let us know what you think, and stay tuned for future episodes. 